Sean Strickland, LMAO. If that was Kobe Covington, he would have been on the phone calling 911, right? <laughs> if that was... He would have been on the phone calling 911 while trying to give Trump a handjob. <laughs> well played, Chris Rock. You took that shit like a man. You should catch him in the parking lot. LOL. <laughs> hey guys, it's Keon. And today I'm going to be talking about my favorite stories in MMA today. And I'll tell you this, I did record an entire episode of this back on, I think it was Saturday or something like that. And sadly, my mic was off when it happened. So I was devastated. But the first story I want to talk about today is not even necessarily an MMA story, but it kind of correlates to what happened last week with the entire Jorge Masvidal and Kobe Covington debacle. And that is Will Smith slapping Chris Rock on stage at the Oscars on live TV. And yeah, this has not only the MMA world talking about it, but basically everyone in the world. This was a huge moment. And we're going to watch it in full context from the joke that Chris Rock said to what happened after the slap. So let's watch it right now. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane too. Can't wait to see it. Nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh oh, Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Nick, out your mouth. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your fucking I'm going to, okay? <laughs> oh, okay. That was the greatest night in the history of television. Okay. Okay. So we are here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like I will have to give credit to Chris for the way he handled that because if I was in that situation, I'd attack right away because that was insane, you know, to be slapped like that. The slap didn't even look real. I thought it was just like an act. It was part of a joke that the two came up with before the show. But when Will started saying, keep my wife's name out of your fuck mouth, that's when I was like, all right. The, even the second one, the second one was like, all right, this guy's like really pissed. It's not a joke at this point. And yeah, this entire situation has had a lot of people talking. Some people are on Chris Rock's side. Some people are on Will Smith's side. And like I said, it really reminds me a lot of the Jorge Masvidal and Kobe Covington fight outside, outside of the Poppy Steakhouse. And it's not the exact same. It's kind of different because of course, those two are MMA fighters and these to our entertainers and I think that's also a factor that plays into all of that but at the same time it's similar because of the trash talk and you could say Chris Rock wasn't trash talking but I do think jokes can become trash talk to specific people and in this case it happened with Jada Pinkett Smith and Will and look a lot of people were saying how Will wasn't even offended when Chris said the joke he was laughing and there is like a moment I I'm gonna try to find that moment where Will is 
was just like smiling at the joke. So obviously like Jada's not happy about it. And then you have Will smiling here. And then when the camera cuts back to Chris, I feel like there was a moment where Will saw Jada and how she reacted and he wasn't happy about that. And this is where I come back to saying, don't talk about families. <laughs> Do not talk about families. And we'll even bring it back a little bit more. Some jokes, some trash talk is not going to be well received by some people. And in this case, it wasn't well received by Jada Pinkett Smith and Will. Maybe he could take a joke that goes against him in that moment. But because it was affecting a loved one, that's when all hell broke loose and all logic went out of the window and he wasn't going to handle it in the smartest way. Because I do think that there's a way where he could handle it in a non-violent approach without assaulting someone. I don't ever condone assault against other people. I think that's wrong. But just because it's a joke to some people, it doesn't mean it's a joke to everyone, especially when you bring family in the mix. And this is what happens. Sometimes the consequences are bad like this, where you get slapped on live TV in front of millions of people. And then you have people saying, oh, you know what? Will was being way too sensitive. It was just a joke. But who are we to judge if he should react that way or not? Because look, that entire G.I. Jane joke, I didn't even understand it because I, I don't even know G.I. Jane. So I had to like Google it. And here is the movie cover starring Demi Moore. And basically what Chris was saying, oh, I can't wait to see Jada in the sequel of this movie because Jada doesn't have hair similar to Demi Moore in G.I. Jane. And the thing is that Jada has a condition where she's losing her hair. So maybe that didn't sit right with her. Maybe that offended her. And honestly, that's fine. I could understand if it doesn't offend some other people because maybe they don't have that condition. And if they do, maybe some people who do have that condition would laugh at that joke. But maybe some won't. And that's okay too. But to say, oh, they were too sensitive, this and that. I bet most of those people saying they were too sensitive are not in Jada's shoes. And I feel like for a split second, Will wasn't even considering that until he saw her reaction and realized, oh man, my wife is hurt because of this. So his attitude went from happy to angry real quick. And it just takes that short amount of time for a situation to go berserk. And that's what we saw happen. And then I know there's still going to be people, oh, it's just a joke. He's a comedian. But these people who say that act like they never get offended by anything. And I know that's a lie. There's no one in this world who doesn't get offended by anything. It's just impossible, in my opinion. There's always going to be a trigger. And in this case, that joke, even though it sounds simple and funny to some people, it wasn't in the case of Jada Pinkin Smith. And that insult to her extended to Will when he realized how she felt. And we bring that back to the Jorge Masvidal and Kobe Covington situation. I do believe if Kobe kept the trash talk strictly to Jorge, he can take it because he got himself covered. But because it extended to his family, that's when all bets were off. And that's when he was not happy anymore, which I could also understand. Do I think Jorge could have handled it better? Do I think Will could have handled it better? Yeah, for sure. Instead of just outright slapping Chris Rock, I think Will should have just started off with leave my wife's name out of your fucking mouth because that's when the situation got serious for me. The slap, I thought it was just like a bit, to be honest. I didn't think it was real. But once you heard the tone in Will's voice when he said, leave my wife's name out of your fucking 
mouth, that's when I was like, okay, he's angry, he's upset. And that's when people took the situation seriously, because even when that slap happened, everyone was laughing. They also thought it was a bit. But then when you hear Will speaking like that on live TV to Chris Rock, that's when everyone was like, oh shit, he's not happy. So that's what I think he should have done. He should have handled it that way first, but I could understand why his anger wasn't making him think clearly. And then without thinking, he just immediately went up and slapped Chris Rock. But it wasn't the slap that was effective for me and for many others, in my opinion. I think it was the words after that really made people realize that Will was not happy. Jada was not happy. That's definitely the more appropriate approach, in my opinion. But in the heat of the moment, I could see how that's not the approach people take. I could see why Will is going to attack. I could see why Jorge attacked. So then people ask, what's the line when it comes to jokes? Personally, I don't think there is a line. It matters based on your audience and who you're telling the jokes to. But I do think comedians or fighters like Kobe who like to trash talk a lot, they should know that consequences can occur with the words they say. And people could defend it being like, oh, they're fighters. Jorge had 25 minutes to do what he wanted to do. And I counter that by saying, look, if you're going to say that someone like Jorge isn't tough, he's weak for letting this trash talk get to him like this, then I think you're insane because this guy fights for a living. It really goes to show how words can impact people and the ones around them, especially the ones around them because you can't really control their emotions. So I could understand in that moment how Will felt when he saw his wife's reaction to that. I could understand Jorge, how he felt when he saw his kid's reaction. And we don't even know how his kid's reacted to all of Kobe's trash talk. But like I said, it may have just been enough for Jorge to take action into his own hands, which I'm not condoning. I don't think that's the right way to do it. But people who use words that could potentially insult someone should know the repercussions. So no, I don't think there is a line as to, oh, you're going too far. Oh, it's just a joke. It all depends on the audience. I just think that the messenger needs to realize that things like this could happen, whether it's illegal or not. It could be even worse. It could be people murdering someone over words. And I could think that's crazy. Other people could think that's crazy. But in the end of the day, it could happen. So that's why I look at this situation very similarly to the Jorge and Kobe situation. Do I think Jorge and Will could have handled their respective situations in a better manner? Yes. But in the end of the day, words hit deep especially when loved ones are brought into it. So if you are to maybe draw a line, maybe family is that line. But even then, some people say, nah, you shouldn't take it seriously. But those people also have a line too. Everyone in this world has something they get offended about. And some people handle it in different ways. And that should also be taken into account as well. I don't think there's a right or wrong in how people receive jokes. Just like how I don't think there's a right or wrong in how people tell jokes or talk trash. If there's no limits to trash talking and jokes, there should also be no limits to how people receive that trash talk and joking. And I think that's why Chris Rock doesn't want to press charges against Will because maybe he realizes not everyone is going to take his jokes well. Kobe, on the other hand, is pressing charges because he's saying, oh, it was just to sell the fight, this and that. These words go past selling a fight. Chris Rock's joke goes past being funny while presenting the Academy Award. That's my personal take on it. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, wow, you're sensitive, this and that. Listen, this joke doesn't offend me. But then again, I'm not in Jada's shoes. But I could understand.
could understand why a joke like that could hurt her. Now let's see some of the reactions from the MMA community. Dana White, finally, there's an Oscars show worth watching and Chris Rock has a chin. First of all, <laughs> Dana should not be commenting this until he comments about the entire Jorge Masvidal and Kobe Covington situation. It's funny for him and entertaining for him when it's not in his promotion, but when it happens in his promotion, he stays silent. So, hey, I don't know about that. Chris got a chin. Chris got a chin. Will Smith is a fuck legend chat shit get banged jake paul someone get me on the phone with will smith's boxing representative asap francis nganu yeah but nganu has no wrestling gets slapped i think that's funny john jones anyone watching the oscars will smith is a gangster for that one chris rock was the ultimate professional for the way he continued <laughs> john shouldn't even be commenting on this as well <laughs> Yeah, he has he has enough issues that he has to go through before he talks about other issues in the world. But yes, I will say that credit to Chris Rock for taking the hit and not attacking back and just continuing the show. The show must go on. That's very hard to do when something so shocking like that happens. Not just happens, but in front of millions of people on live TV. Like, damn, I I'm impressed with how he handled the situation afterwards. Daniel Cormier, very hard to surprise me nowadays, but watching Will Smith slap the shit out of Chris Rock is very surprising. I'm actually amazed that this happened. You could see the moment Will started to feel played. I don't know what he means about the moment you see Will starting to feel played, but it was very surprising because it's very out of character from someone like Will Smith, who is beloved by many people and doesn't really get into controversy outside of his career. So this is probably one of the most controversial situations that he's ever been a part of. Hey, Chris Rock, I got your back and you, Kobe Covington, not so much like see mm. I don't know like that's I see the situations very similar in that I appreciate Chris Rock not pressing charges because like I said I feel like he realizes what he said yeah it may have been a joke but it may have gone too far for Jada and Will which is really good understanding of the entire situation as a whole in my opinion but Kobe on the other hand it's I'm correct he's wrong I did nothing wrong I was just trying to sell a fight there's repercussions to what you say in my opinion whether you uh, agree with it or not not. People could take matters into their own hands when they get upset and when they get angry. Bilal Muhammad, Kobe and Chris Rock crying with each other, but it was just business. I do agree. See, that's the thing. You could have the intention of it was for business, but when it comes to words, especially words that extend to your loved ones, things could happen and people need to realize that. And for people saying, oh, that's illegal. That was the wrong thing to do. Yeah, I understand that. But when people are upset or angry, things could happen and all logic of the law goes out of the window will brooks that was a clown move by will smith rock is a comedian he's doing what comedians do make jokes will smith is whack for that weak move what you protecting your wife from words he's protecting his wife from jokes how stupid and weak listen i understand where this take is coming from look past it but at the same time some people can't and that's okay because there are situations where people who don't see this as offensive will be in other situations where they will be offended and people will look at their situation and say, you got to look past it. I think everyone has a right to be offended by certain things. Sean Strickland, LMAO, if that was Kobe Covington, he would have been on the phone calling 911, right? <laughs> if that was... <laughs> 
Oh shit. He would have been on the phone calling 911 while trying to give Trump a hand job. <laughs> well played, Chris Rock. You took that shit like a man. You should catch him in the parking lot. LOL. Yo, I, I, there's times where, it sh <laughs> like, I don't know what to think of Sean Strickland, man. It's really hard because moments like these, it makes me laugh. But <laughs> there's times where it's just like, all right, Sean, you're really pushing the limits here. And, you know, this is a funny tweet from him, in my opinion. Kay Hansen, don't talk about people's families. I agree. Don't cross that limit. For me, that's definitely a limit people shouldn't cross. But some people will say, oh, it's just words. Who cares? And I understand people's takes. It could be different on this but for the people who say oh he's a comedian oh he's trying to sell a fight understand that if they could push the limits with their words the people who receive that can push the limits with their words and actions as well whether that's right or wrong people have feelings and they go with it at times cheeto vera well done mr will smith <laughs> I love Cheeto, man. He's like one of my favorite fighters in the UFC right now. And no, I'm not condoning assault or whatever, but I understand why it happened. I understand why Will did it. I understand why Jorge did it. Whether it's against the law or not, words hurt deep to some people. Specific words, not all words, obviously, but just because you're not in their situation, it doesn't mean that you are less sensitive than they are. And honestly, out of all the fighters' takes on this situation, my favorite was from George St. Pierre, who was on the MMA Hour. And and let me show you this video and where Ariel asks him about the Jorge Masvidal and Kobe Covington situation. There was never a point where you thought, man, this is crossing a line and I might act, you know, a little bit crazy as a result of this. Ariel, there is a reason why I never put my my family and my real private life public. It's because and I know if someone wants to get to me. It's easy for me. It comes from one ear and it goes out on the other one, and I, I don't take it personal. Mm -hmm. But I, if you try to get to someone that I love or you know someone in my family, now it's going to be a different story. So that's why I always try to hide this part of my life because I am a public person. Yeah. So this part, it's public. It's for the fans. But my private life, for me, it's even more more precious to me. It's it's it, it to compare with my career, my my life is a million times better than what I've done in my career. But I keep it secret because it's my private life. It's my it's my diamond. It's my treasure. How difficult? And most guys, they don't think that like that. Right. They a lot of them also they they want to use sometimes the fact that their their family to to build up a better platform to showcase their their you know it, it's okay too. It's just that for me, I knew coming from a martial art background because it's not a game that we play and if you want to get to someone uh, to to make him lose his is chill there's a way that you can get to him is to to attack someone that he loves now sometimes it's it, it's a better way than if you try to attack the person itself you know what i mean and i knew that and i didn't want to give the chance to my opponent to to use that against me wow that is fascinating i never heard you say that 
Um, <laughs> Ew, what a boss. Like, honestly, this makes like the most sense about not only the Jorge situation with Kobe Covington, but also Will Smith and Chris Rock. If there was a line that I would implement for myself and for I think a lot of people would implement that same line, don't talk about loved ones. Because like he said, I could take it when it's about me. But when you're attacking people I love, then it's a whole different story. And look, some people don't see it like that. They just say, hey, words are words. They're trying to do it for business. I'll fight, tell jokes on the Academy Awards. But family is like a sacred thing for a lot of people. I'm not saying everyone, but because that's the case, people should realize now that if you talk about family, repercussions can occur. Something bad can occur. Not everyone's going to handle it in a well-mannered situation and where they pull them aside and say, hey, you know what? Like, I didn't appreciate that. That definitely wasn't going to work with Kobe Covington. Maybe it would have worked with Chris Rock. But look, when anger occurs, all hell breaks loose for the most part. And that's what happened. Pandemonium at the Oscars. And that's why George is the best, man, because he knows these things. So that's why he kept his personal life out of the public eye, because he knows if someone attacked that, it's not motivation anymore. It's hatred. It's anger. It's not good energy. It brings out the worst. And that's what happened with Jorge. That's what happened with Will. Am I saying it's right? No. But these things happen. Words cut deep. The messenger has to know that. And Chris Rock knew that. That's why he's not pressing charges. But Kobe Covington, on the other hand, hey, I'm just speaking the truth. You could speak all the truth you want. You could trash talk all you want. You could tell jokes all you want. But people could react how they want as well, whether it's legal or not. And George took himself out of all of that by keeping his personal life private. And I get it. Not all famous people can do that. Will and Jada definitely can't. Jada can't because she's also an actress. So that's why it's understandable to me why he would react that way why will would react that way why jorge would react that way and i get jorge had 25 minutes to decide what to do but words like that is way more than business at this point the fight yeah is business 25 minutes in the cage it's business but even outside of that those words still cut deep and i think that's my take on this entire situation but let's move on to the next topic and that is nate diaz publicly requesting a ufc release and i'm gonna read the tweet right here nate diaz says, I would like to request to be released from the UFC. He tags Dana White and Hunter Campbell, but it wasn't Hunter Campbell's Twitter page. It was some guy named Hunter. I apologize for asking online, but you don't give me a fight ASAP. I got shit to do. And yeah, personally, I just think this is a very bad situation for Nate Diaz right now. And it's a situation we've seen with a lot of fighters where they are on their last fight on their contract and the UFC just ices them. They don't give them any fights because the fighter is not accepting the contract that the UFC is giving them. So because of that, they put them on the sidelines. So then they get restless and then the fighter is like, okay, fine, I'll take it. We've seen it with Francis Ngannou. We've seen it with Curtis Blades. He said that on the MMA hour recently. We've seen it with Joanna Janjacek. Many fighters who begin to complain about their contract, the amount they're getting paid, get iced out. I could also bring up Islam Makachev, for example. Islam was saying that he wanted $1 million to fight Rafael Dos Anjos. The UFC didn't like that. So Dana goes on to say Islam didn't want to take the fight. And because of that, he's going to have to fight Benil Dariush if he wants a title shot. If a fighter complains about fighter pay, they get iced out, especially when it comes to negotiations about a new contract. And now Nate Diaz is in this exact same situation. He's getting iced out. The UFC doesn't want to give him a fight. They want him to sit out. So then he's not able to finish his contract and continue fighting elsewhere, whether it's in another MMA promotion, whether it's in boxing they want to keep Nate Diaz whether he's fighting or not because he's such a big personality
anybody. And if Nate didn't tweet this, no one would know about it. And then the narrative would be like, oh, he doesn't want to fight anyone. He's picking his fights, this and that. No, it's because the UFC doesn't want to give him what he wants. They iced him out. They've done this with many fighters, but they keep it on the down low so well that not many people know about it. And it's funny because the UFC always says that if fighters want to get paid more, they have to bring more eyes to the sport, to our company. And now we have that with Nate Diaz. He's one of the most popular fighters in MMA right now. He wants to get paid what he thinks he's worth, but the UFC doesn't like that. So, hey, you're not going to be doing anything right now. Just chill and we'll figure it out. There's no other sport that does this. They don't sit out players in the NBA, NFL because of their contract. If that happens, they go somewhere else. But the problem is that fighters can't just be going somewhere else. Sadly, the UFC has monopolized the game so well that this is the best opportunity for fighters to get exposure, to get good money. That's why I say that I wish there was more competition because it would get the UFC to start treating their fighters better. But because we have no promotions that are even close to the UFC, they can do whatever they want. And then I bring this back to Paddy Pimblett. People are saying, oh, you know, he signed the contract. He decided to do it. His management decided to do it. That's his fault. I mean, does he have any other choice? Fighters become MMA fighters to fight the best, to fight at the top. And that's sadly the UFC who have monopolized the game. All the best fighters are there and the most popularity is there as well. So when it comes to, oh, he shouldn't have signed the contract if he doesn't want that contract, he doesn't really have a choice. If he wants the opportunity to fight in the UFC, this is it. This is what we're going to give you. And if not, kick rocks, go to another MMA promotion. And now we're seeing the same thing with fighters who have been in the game for so long, who are reputable names. They think they deserve more, which I think Nate Diaz definitely deserves more with how popular he is. But the UFC always has the upper hand. And a lot of it is because of these shitty contracts. It's not only just about fighter pay, it's about the contracts as well. I mean, we have George St. Pierre, who's still under contract with the UFC, even though he retired from the sport. When was it? In 2016, 2017? He officially retired in 2018. Still, that's like four years ago. And he's still under contract with the UFC. He can't even take a boxing fight with Oscar De La Hoya because of this. The UFC doesn't want that. He's no longer a UFC fighter. That's how bad these contracts are. So it's not only about fighter pay. Yes, the fighter pay has to increase. And that would definitely help a lot because if they're getting iced out, at least they can survive off of like 10 million, for example. But when they ice out these fighters, they know exactly how much they make. And when that money runs out, the fighter is forced to come back to the UFC with their tail between their legs and say, okay, I'm going to take this contract that you guys offered. So technically, they're not being forced to sign the contract. They're doing it. But the UFC manipulates a lot of things to get that to happen. But if we compare it to, let's say, the NBA, for example, if a player is not happy with their contract, they'll go to another team, which will offer them a better one. And they're still in the NBA. But because the UFC is the one that handles all of this, they have a say. They have the upper hand at all times. And honestly, that needs to change. Fighter pay, of course, but the contracts as well. So what do I think is next for Nate Diaz? Of course, I want him to fight Conor McGregor. That's the fight that makes the most sense for both guys who are on two fight losing streaks and they fought twice already, make that trilogy fight, which is one that everyone says it could happen at any time and they're still going to tune in. And I agree with that. I definitely want to see that fight, especially now. Like I said, it just makes sense. But then we have Conor here requesting to fight for the 170 pound belt, a title shot he definitely doesn't deserve. He deserves no title shots at this point in my opinion but still we got Dana
Dana White here saying I'm interested in that. It really goes to show how much the UFC values money over actual MMA. I'm going to play this clip. It was on the Mac Life. It means there's a potential star here. You can already see something, right? Well, he's already a star. And, and everybody keeps talking to me about what a big star he is. It's all about winning now. I mean, you got to come in here and you got to win. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, all the things that, that, that are going to be fun about Patty, from the walk into the energy to this, that, it's all about the win. doesn't matter if he loses, right? Right. I spoke to uh, Mr. Conor McGregor the other day in Dublin, and he said something very interesting to me. He would like to fight Kamaru Usman next, not necessarily Charles Oliveira. How big could that fight be? Kamaru Usman, pound for pound, in the sport. Conor McGregor, obviously, the biggest star in the sport. When you think of that, your initial reaction, how big could that fight be? Yeah, it's interesting. He, I, I hadn't heard that. He's coming into Vegas. We're getting together soon, and we're going to talk, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see what's next. Sounds good, though, money-wise, right? Yeah, I mean, any Conor fight is good money-wise, you know what I mean? Like, yo, how can this guy say that's interesting? And then prior to that, it's all about winning. Make it make sense, Dana. Please make it make sense. But he contradicts himself by saying things like this. The fighter needs to win more. But we have Conor on a two-fight losing streak. Hasn't won a fight since 2018, 2019. Whenever that fight against Cowboy was. And then we have him saying it's interesting for him to want to fight Kamaru Usman. He should be saying, no, Conor needs a fight or two before we even talk about that. And Dana has said this about other fighters before no i don't think he should be fighting this person i don't think he should be fighting that yet needs to focus on this has to focus on that but with him saying it's interesting this isn't interesting at all the money's interesting and that's the issue it's all about money at this point and i get it you're an mma promotion your business you need to make money but you're at the top right now you're at the top of the game no one is even close to trying to dethrone you your promotion and you're still running things in the favor of connor because he makes good money for the MMA promotion. So honestly, I just, I don't see that fight with Conor and Nate happening, but it does make sense. It makes the most sense. And I think the UFC should do that. But if it's not Conor, I guess Nate should fight Dustin Poirier. That's also a big fight. Not as big as one with Conor, but still a big fight. But the reason why I don't think Nate would want to take that fight is because I don't think he would be a favorite against Conor, but the odds will definitely be more even compared to if Nate fought Dustin Poirier. And that's the thing. Nate wants to end his run with the UFC on a high note. So then when he becomes a free agent, when he wants to go into boxing or sign with other MMA promotions, he's at a high. Every fighter wants that, of course, because it just sells you better compared to if you're coming off a loss. So that's why, of course, I think the trilogy fight makes perfect sense. But the UFC has other plans in mind because Connor makes good money for the promotion and Nate is asking for more money and is publicly calling out that he wants to get released. And that's honestly such a bad move because when things like that happen, the UFC is going to double down and ice you even further. And that's why the entire Francis Ngannou situation is so special because he has the upper hand in this icing situation, something we've never seen before. So yeah, overall, I feel bad for Nate Diaz, especially because he's getting older and his popularity is at an all time high. He wants to capitalize on that, but sadly he can't right now because he is under a bad contract where the 
UFC could do whatever they want. If you don't want to take a new contract with us on our terms, all right, you're going to have to sit out for a while. No other sport does that. So that's why not only the fighter pay has to change, but also the contracts have to change. All right, final story of the day. Chael Sonnen allegedly choked, struck man, left woman tasting blood in her mouth after assault. This is a lawsuit from Dr. Christopher Stelp Flug and Julie Stelp Flug. And first of all, it's just allegations. Nothing is confirmed yet. I want to let that be known before I talk about this. But this lawsuit is very serious, especially after reports that we've heard that it was Chael who took five guys at once. A story which made him look like a real badass and really helped with his entire bad guy shtick and the undefeated, undisputed shtick. But now this lawsuit is coming out. And once again, just alleged, but it is completely different from the hero image that we got from the original story. So Dr. Christopher Stelpflug and Julie Stelpflug say the three-time UFC title challenger and MMA commentator blindsided them during the alleged attack at Four Seasons Hotel in Las Vegas, leaving multiple injuries that included concussions for both. The couple is suing the 44-year-old Oregon native in excess of $15,000 for battery and intentional infliction of emotional distress according to the suit obtained by MMA fighting. Dr. Stelpflug said he was severely traumatized by the incident, telling the Las Vegas Review Journal, am I going to die? Is this monster going to kill my wife next? And my kids will have no parents. His wife said she is still very shaken up and emotional and still quite terrified, actually. Sonnen, who did not immediately respond to a request for comment, is due in court on April 30th per the LVRJ, which first reported the lawsuit. And I'll go more into detail about the actual lawsuit. Dr. Stelpflug and his wife were on their way to their hotel room around 7.30 when they encountered a man they later learned was Sonnen, whom they said appeared to be intoxicated, wearing a torn bloody shirt around his neck with no shoes or socks, and uttering unintelligible noises. They attempted to avoid him by moving to the other side of the hallway, but said without provocation or any communication whatsoever, they alleged Sonnen knocked a beverage out of Dr. Stelpflug's hand. And Julie Stelpflug stepped closer to Sonnen and tried to defuse the situation, but according to the suit, the fighter allegedly proceeded to viciously attack Dr. Stelpflug, punching him multiple times in the head with a closed fist. She screamed for help and attempted to intervene, prompting a hotel guest in a neighboring room to come to her aid as Sonnen allegedly continued to attack Christopher Stelpflug, putting him in a chokehold that caused him to lose his breath for several seconds per the suit. When the hotel guest freed, Christopher Stelpflug, Sonnen allegedly began elbowing him. Christopher Stelpflug allegedly then witnessed Sonnen attack his wife, punching her in the face multiple times with an open fist, leaving her with a split lip according to the lawsuit. Sonnen then threw her against a wall, causing her to hit a light fixture, and she slid down the wall, tasting blood in her mouth as she fell to the floor. Sonnen tried to lift her again, but Christopher Stelpflug was able to stop him by grabbing onto her ankle. The complaint then states security arrived and was immediately attacked by Sonnen, who allegedly punched multiple guards with a closed fist, bloodied a downed guard's nose with a knee, and kicked another in the chest. The plaintiffs also allege that unbeknownst to them, Sonnen had already assaulted another hotel guest, striking him in the jaw randomly. The guest retreated to his room and called security. Per the LVRJ, Dr. Stelpflug decided to come forward with his story after hearing former UFC fighter-turned-media personality Brendan Schaub claim that that the alleged attack was a result of some drunk guy insulting Sonnen's wife, Brittany 
Sonnen. A police incident report obtained by the LVRJ stated that Brittany Sonnen told police she had taken an Ambien in the early morning hours of December 18th and allegedly was asleep for the entirety of the brawl. A police officer noted that she appeared to be injured and asked about a potential domestic dispute, but she reportedly said she was unaware of how the injuries occurred and added her husband never got physical with her. The officer reportedly did not further document Brittany Sonnen's injuries or elaborate on them in the report. So yeah, like I said, this lawsuit is not confirmed. It's alleged at this point right now, but if true, this is a very bad look on Chael Sonnen and definitely the end of his career. And I've said this in another video that I think he is the best MMA fighter turned media personality in the game right now. And for it to end like this would be absolutely horrible and just disgusting in my opinion. It's hard to believe because Chael seems like such a good guy. I know his entire gimmick is that he's the bad guy. He's a good trash talker. But aside from that, he actually seems like a very well-mannered and well-spoken person. So I see why a lot of people don't believe it. It makes a lot of sense because it's a complete 180 in what he portrays in front of the camera. And then we go to this incident, which doesn't seem like him at all. And then we have a tweet from John Jones here. Man, everyone and their mom covered my story when I was an asshole in Las Vegas. Son and allegedly attacks his wife, another woman, along with like five men and crickets. I agree a little bit, but I also disagree for the most part because John has had a bad guy reputation for years before this entire incident. So it wasn't really hard for people to believe that this didn't happen with John. But with Chael, he hasn't really had any troubles with the law. I know he had money laundering troubles back in the day. But aside from that, he's never done anything violent like this. And like I said, that's why I understand why people don't believe this lawsuit, don't believe these allegations. But I also don't want to discredit what the people are saying because who knows? No one knows yet. And maybe it is a little bit premature for me to talk about this, but I did want to bring it up because if true, I think a big factor that would be playing in this is CTE, something that many MMA fighters have and other athletes have in sports where they take big hits like the NFL, WWE, hockey. And look, there's probably many people who have CTE and are not doing horrible things like this. So I don't want to just put all the blame on CTE, but I do think it is a factor, especially if this entire Chael Sonnen situation comes to light to be true, then it's crazy to see that on one end, we see such a well-mannered, well-spoken person when it comes to him talking in front of a camera. And then behind the scenes, when he gets drunk, he acts like this. Like CTE has to play a part at that point, if that's the case. And that's why I wanted to bring this entire story to light in that we have to take care of fighters and athletes in general who get CTE. And that's why I wanted to bring this story up because I think it's a good way to see how dangerous CTE could be. And we've had situations even worse than this. We've had Aaron Hernandez in the NFL. We've had Chris Benoit in the WWE. Do we want another one of those situations to occur? No. And to be honest, I don't have the answer as to what we can do to combat that. But I definitely think it's an issue. And if we don't take control of it right now, something even worse than what is being alleged right now against Chael Sonnen could happen. And as someone who cares about the fighters and other people in general, I definitely don't want that to happen. So I think the topic of CTE and MMA needs to be spoken about more and we need to come up with a plan to help fighters who develop it. But that was my
my take on all the big stories that have interested me as of recent. Let me know what you think about the entire Will Smith and Chris Rock situation in relation to the Jorge Masvidal and Kobe Covington situation. Let me know what you think about the Nate Diaz situation. And let me know what you think about the allegations against Chael Sonnen. So if you like this video, please give it a thumbs up. Comment down below how you feel about all these stories. And subscribe to my channel if you haven't already. And click that notification bell to always stay notified when I release a video. But that's all I have for now. So I'll see you in my next one. Bye-bye.